Open mine eyes that I may see Glimpses of truth thou hast for me Open mine eyes, illumine me Spirit divine Love of my life, I am crying I am not dying, I am dancing Dancing along in the madness There is no sadness like to invite you to a soul-level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guests' spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. Continuing a special Song of the Soul treat that began last week, this is part two of Mark Holdaway's Song of the Soul. So we have plenty of adventures in Kalimba ahead of us. The Kalimba is also known as the African Thumb Piano, and Mark's website, kalimbamagic.com, is pretty much the center of the virtual Kalimba universe. Mark worked in science and astronomy until a few years ago, when he became Mr. Kalimba to so many people. Mark Holdaway grew up generic Christian, had a born-again experience at 17, affiliated with fundamentalist-leaning Christian churches, till his scientific outlook and his continuing spiritual search led him down new paths, including his current connection with the Religious Society of Friends, also known as Quakers. You can listen to Part 1 of Mark Holdaway's Song of the Soul on my website, northernspiritradio.org but now that you've kind of caught up let's go back to the phone to speak with Mark Holdaway in Tucson, Arizona for part two of his Song of the Soul I want to ask you a little bit more about your spiritual journey but first I want to go on to your next song First Look Inside I mostly am into singing along with music so your music is a challenge for me that way and yet I feel the wonderful energy and vision as you are playing. You entitled this First Look Inside. What's that about, and how is this part of your spiritual journey? Well, the title is a pun, because it's like, 
before you do anything else, look inside. And I was a Quaker at the time I wrote that song. But more importantly to the title, that was the first song that I wrote in, on the kalimba. When I started playing kalimba, I was exposed to it almost in the same way as my born-again experience. I got a big shock, a big infusion of kalimba music. This person I had never met played kalimba for and with me for two or three hours. I played guitar, and I understood what he was doing. He was a true master, and I never saw him again. And I spent about ten years, i say, wandering in the wilderness, finding my own path on the kalimba, but also trying to reproduce what he had done on that first day. I think the song was when I came through the other side of the desert. It was the first piece of set kalimba music that I had created. And instead of wandering in the desert, improvising and not knowing what I was doing, I had something which I could play ten times, and it was all, would almost be the same every time. So it was my first, my first piece. The song is First Look Inside, and actually it's also First Look Inside. It's by Mark Holdaway, my guest for today's Song of the Soul.
That was First Look Inside by Mark Holdaway. Played on the kalimba, his first, I guess it's your first set piece, your first recorded song. How would you term it? My first set piece, meaning it was set down. Prayer Bowl is the next song that you selected. I especially feel the richness of all your music when you go to this song, which has a kind of Middle Eastern tune. Can you give me the history of where this came from? Yes. In Africa, uh, they often play the imbira, which is a certain kind of kalimba, inside of a gourd. They've hollowed out the gourd, and they'll put it inside the gourd, and they'll even uh, put things on the outside of the gourd, like seashells or bottle caps. And the end effect is that everything buzzes and rattles. The buzz and the rattle are very important in African music. So at that time, I did not have a gourd, but I had a a simple plastic bowl. This was a bowl that I pulled out of the garbage at the University of Arizona, and is very flexible. And not only does it buzz a little bit, but you can also, when you flex the bowl, it gives it a vibrato. So um, in this weird, recycled, Western way, it was a nod to the way that they do things in Africa, playing inside of a gourd. When I hear the phrase prayer bowl, I tend to think of something, I don't know, probably from India. I'm not sure why I think that. But uh, is there also a spiritual practice that's part of the African origins of something like a prayer bowl? Is, is that a real African thing, or is this a conceptualization that you created? I am mixing metaphors here. But in Africa, every group of people uses the kalimba in a different kind of way. But kind of the pinnacle of spiritual kalimba use is the Shona people in Zimbabwe will play their instruments inside of these gourds. What they're doing when they play is they're offering up these songs to the spirits of the ancestors. And they're asking one particular spirit to come so that the people there at this ceremony can talk with that spirit who has departed and so they can be together again. That music played in those gourds with the buzzing is kind of meant to attract that person with their favorite music.
housing. Mark told us that that's from a plastic bowl that he picked out of the garbage at the University of Arizona. That is located right there in Tucson? Is that where University of Arizona is? That's right. That's where I used to work at the National Radio Astronomy Observatory before our office closed. Do you end up missing that scientific practice as part of your life? In a way, yes. In a way, I feel like my work there is completed because the instrument that I had worked on for 18 years is funded and they're building it right now. And I will never observe with that instrument with the ALMA telescope, but I don't think observing with it was my calling. My calling was to help bring it into existence. On the other hand, the technical, analytical tools that I used in that work, I still use to analyze the sound of the kalimba vibrations. In a way, that makes me uniquely suited to uh, understanding issues with the kalimba and develop new pathways with the kalimba. What do you mean by that technically, to use the devices to analyze the vibrations of the kalimba? Are you actually connecting it up to oscilloscope type of things, or, or what are you doing? Exactly. I don't own an oscilloscope, but anybody can record sound on their laptop computer and then analyze that sound find out you know, what frequencies are present in that sound and how those frequency components evolve. And that's exactly the kind of thing I was doing in my astronomy job. So I can use that as a tool and use my brain to understand things. Just yesterday, I had a kalimba, and the kalimba tines vibrated in two different modes. The tines would go up and down, but they were not very wide, so they would also go back and forth. But the times were wider than they were thick, so that back and forth vibration was at a higher frequency than the up and down vibration. They're almost an octave apart, but not quite. And that was, I never liked this kalimba until I figured out what was going on, and then I figured out how to fix it, because I filed the times in a certain place, and I was able to tune the frequencies of these two modes, that now they're exactly an octave apart. I couldn't have done that had I been someone else. I think the world is fortunate that you are who you are. Isn't that the case for all of us, that we all have our own talents and our own path and our own ways of praising God? Amen. Well, we'll step along to another tune you picked out for your Song of the Soul. Again, we're talking with Mark Holdaway, who's sharing his Song of the Soul today. I'm Mark Helpsmeet, your host for Song of the Soul, a Northern Spirit Radio production. This production, just like any other of mine, are available on my website, which is northernspiritradio.org. You'll find extra information and links, for instance, to Mark Holdaway's site, which is kalimbamagic.com. You can find out all kinds of information from him and through him about the kalimba, including, I believe, subscribing to your newsletter. Is that right, Mark? How often does that come out? It's on a quasi-random schedule, but I aim to put it out once a month. And I'm actually working on one right now, which I hope to send out before I leave for Africa on Sunday. Tell us about that trip to Africa. Is, are you returning home? I'm returning home to a place I've never been before. Africa is the birthplace of the kalimba. It's a uniquely African instrument, unlike the flute or the drums, which were invented 
all across the world in many places and times. The kalimba was invented actually twice independently, but both times in Africa. I feel like Africa is the source of the instrument which connects most deeply with my spirit and with the spirits of the people I play for. My livelihood now comes from Africa, and I feel like I need to go and understand and reconnect And ultimately, I feel like I am going to be giving back to Africa because I I am helping the 17 people who work at African Musical Instruments. I'm helping them maintain their livelihood. It's my dream that I'm going to create, you know, dozens of more jobs there. But also, in the coming year, I'm going to be starting a nonprofit organization. I don't know what it's going to be called, but something like Giving Back to Africa because they've given me so much and it's time for me to reconnect that circuit. So what are your specific plans? How long are you going, and where are you going specifically? Well, I'm going for two weeks, and I'm going to be meeting all the people who I know about, the people who make the kalimbas. They also make marimbas there. I'm going to be playing music with them. I've been working with these people for three years, making my living off of the fruits of their labors, and I've never met them. I'll also be traveling a little bit, I'm also going to be visiting a hospice in Grahamstown, South Africa. One of the Quakers in my yearly meeting, Lisa Mott's story, has been instrumental in getting hospices set up in Africa. One of the things I do with the Kalimbas, I play for elders here in the U.S., and I was blessed with the opportunity for playing Kalimba, very peaceful, beautiful music for a dying woman who was not dying. She died shortly after I played for her, and I feel a calling to play in hospice situations, and I, I have a feeling that my nonprofit will be connected with hospice work, as well as, as with reconciliation work in Africa. That's some wonderful work you're aiming for. Have you heard of something called threshold choirs? I have not. My wife and some of the other people in the Quaker meeting here and some people who aren't part of the Quaker meeting have been talking about getting together a threshold choir, which is essentially going and singing for people who are poised on the edge of life. So there may be some connection for there that would be valuable, too. You know, now that you mention it, I that sounds familiar, so I may have heard about that somewhere. Well, speaking about music that's not poised for the transition to the next world, let's go to your song, Super Bop. Tell us about this one. You know, there are all different ways to praise God. One of them is to just be so filled with the Spirit, to be just so excited and joyful that you can hardly contain it, and you're, you're practically bouncing off the walls. That was the emotion behind this music to just be so excited. I remember praying before I played this music, before I recorded it. And this is another one that had no plan, so it's spirit-led or subconscious-led. Enjoy.
was called Super Bop. It's by Mark Holdaway. And he told us that this was a totally improvised piece. And the question that I have, Mark, is if you've done a totally improvised piece, does that mean that you can never duplicate it again? It's a one-of? You just have to record it at the time, and then anytime anybody wants to hear that, you have to let them listen to the recording? In principle, I, I could imagine some improvised pieces come out and they're like perfectly formed as if I had sat down and figured them out in advance. This one is just, sometimes I think of my playing as like strings of, of spaghetti, and one of the reasons why I love playing with other people is because they give me some place to hang my spaghetti. But this one is kind of like the strands of spaghetti are kind of floating in air. It would be very difficult for me to reproduce that. So it, that recording points to the one time that song existed. It's a beautiful song, and you do so wonderfully capture the feel of kind of dancing wildly in, the, in nature and just praising creation. And I want to thank you for that song. Thank you, Mark. You mentioned you had this association, and I guess it went on for some years, with fundamentalist-oriented churches. It may be an unfair stereotype on my part, but I do not think of United States fundamentalist churches as being, uh, let's say, very open to international culture. And again, that may be a completely unfair stereotype, and if so, please correct me. One thing that I've felt was somewhat missing in those circles, which is upheld much more strongly in Quaker circles, is international connection, peace, universality of God's children. So, number one, correct any misconceptions that I have, and number two, how does that affect you as being a person who's reaching, actually I don't even know that back then you had the aspirations towards kalimba or wider in the world, but could you talk about how you connected with the world widely back then or now, and and how that fit for you? You know, that was before I started playing kalimba. I did not connect widely with the world. My spirituality started as a very narrow one, I suppose. But in a way, it doesn't matter how we started. If we're true to the path, if we're true to God, God will lead us where we need to go. So, Mark, do you get out and do performances very often? When was the last time you were out doing a show? Oh, I love performing. I love playing for people and, you know, seeing the look of wonder on their face when, you know, when they realize all this music is coming out of this little tiny box. I was performing earlier today. I had a, a performance at the International School for Peace here in Tucson. It's a preschool that operates during the summer. I brought them some kalimbas, and I brought them a, a Chinese instrument called the guzheng. And You know, we just talked about how someone came up with the ideas for these instruments centuries ago, and, and here they are, kicking around today. Anyway, I really enjoyed going in that direction with the kids. You've got all this connection with kalimba or guzhengs and all these instruments from around the world. Is your international interest and maybe your interest in peace, does that go back quite a ways? Well, the testimony of unity really rings a bell with me. I remember reading about 
George Fox and how he was moved to travel around and share the truth as he had experienced it with, with other people. And it's just the testimony of unity, that we all have the light of God in us. That's pretty fundamental for Quakers, I think. But I think a lot of people, I guess they're armchair internationalists. I've always been an armchair internationalist. And now I get to kind of live my faith. This, this is very exciting to me. The next song you have is an international song. You call it Morocco. How did this one come about? This was written in a Middle Eastern tuning, and it was my first experiment with uh, oddball tunings on the kalimba. Uh, you can just move the tines in and out to go to whatever tuning you'd like to. And I was experimenting with this shortly before 9-11-2001, and kind of as a backlash against the 9-11 attacks, uh, large parts of our country seemed to just kind of be against the entire Middle East. And in a way, this song was kind of my way of standing up and saying beautiful things happen in all countries, happen with all people. This tuning that you do of a kalimba, you say you move the tines in and out. Can you literally create any kind of tuning that you want? You can, unlike guitar, where your tuning has to be you can have alternative tunings, but they have to be on the grid because the frets kind of constrain you in that way. On the kalimba, each note can be independently tuned. Let's listen to Morocco. It's by my guest, Mark Holdaway, and this is his Song of the Soul, Morocco.
versatile instrument. It can play all kinds of music, all kinds of tunings. Are there ten tines to be plucked? How many are there on the kalimba? Well, every kalimba can be different. The simplest kalimbas I have have seven notes. The biggest one that I have that I know how to play has 17. I've got one with about 21, but I can't quite make music on it yet. Is this for creatures who have more hands and fingers than we do, or you use your toes and your nose, too? No, well, the way I play it, I, I sort of divide the kalimba up into two halves, and one thumb gets one half the times, and the other thumb gets the other half. The peace sentiment that you expressed about the widespread reaction in our country as a result of the attack on the Twin Towers, is this something that goes back for you with quite a ways? Were you a peace activist with that kind of concern back into your childhood, your family you were raised in? My parents were socially conscious people, liberal, progressive, but not activists. And I, a lot of my friends in college were activists, and I never quite went in that direction. My one episode of activism was around the School of the Americas, and I remember seeing uh, the video about 10 years ago, which uh, Susan Sarandon narrated, and I was just moved and had to start doing something about that, and I, I wrote several songs. I traveled to the School of the Americas and participated in their nonviolent action. That whole issue of militarism and, and training people from other countries how to do it our way, you know, it, it still resonates strongly with me, and I, I still get very emotional with Latin American issues, say. Do you see peace, war, militarism issues differently as a Quaker than you did when you were first had your born-again experience? You know, I would say that becoming a Quaker was just about coming home. When I discovered Quakers... I didn't understand why there weren't more Quakers because it, it was so obviously true to me. I, I feel like joining Quakers, I joined with a bunch of people who believed what I had always believed. Well, it's a good thing that we caught up with you. <laughs> Sad that it took me so long to find Quakers. Let's keep listening to your music here. We don't want to lose any of it. And you picked out another one called Kicked by the Snow. It's from your Two Thumbs Up album. Tell us about Kicked by the Snow, why you picked it out, what this song is about for you. The song is very loosely based on the Little Feet song called Willin'. At least musically it is. And there's a line in there about, I've been kicked by the wind, pushed by the snow, or something like that. And so I just kind of put them together, kicked by the snow, and... You know, someone who's who's had some bad luck, and but they're still pushing on. And I recorded this at 
end of a very late night. I was bushed. It was three in the morning, and I just gave myself a a soft ball to play with, and I think I completed the entire song in about 45 minutes. Um, it's that feeling of, of happiness and contentment after you've run a long race. This is the first bit of music that I had done that made me cry because I, my friend Jim Ruff had, had just put it on, burned it onto CD for me, and I lay down and put headphones on and I was listening to it and I was just, I could feel the power of the music growing through the song. It's got that typical growth pattern that I use in a lot of my music and I was just giving thanks to God and just praying and I was just so happy because I felt like I was finally doing what I was supposed to be doing and I was just sobbing with tears of joy. And if you can end up seeing that yourself, how much more can we hear it and see it as we listen to the music? I did have one curious fact about it. It's got that word snow in there, and you're down in Tucson, Arizona. I'm up here in Wisconsin where we know about snow and being kicked by the snow. Do you actually have firsthand experience of winter as we know it up here? Well, we're surrounded by 9,000-foot peaks here in Tucson, and we do see snow from afar. We can go up in the mountains and actually kick it around if we want to. And I want to know if you've had first-hand experience. You know, we Quakers are supposed to be experiential in our religion. Have you been kicked by the snow? I have. I lived in Buffalo. I lived in Boston. I've been kicked by the snow. Good. I wanted to make sure that the friend was speaking and producing music from what he actually knew. I'll commend this to our audience. The song is Kicked by the Snow, and Mark Holdaway is the musician.
last song was Kicked by the Snow. It's by Mark Holdaway. Mark, actually, I had a conflict in my impression. I was expecting from the name of that song, Kicked by the Snow, I was expecting something a little harsher, and that song was for me very uplifting. And really on the peaceful end of the spectrum, is Kicked by the Snow not as violent as the name would imply? Oh, I, I, I don't know what to say. My music seldom has a harsh edge. I'm a softie. Well, it's certainly some beautiful music. Let's step forward here. A lot of the music you've been sharing so far, Mark, has been your own music. A little bit of it certainly drives from other folks. You put out an entire CD of Christmas music. Was that your special Christmas release, or what led you to put out the Christmas CD? It was the fact that I had a medley of Christmas songs that was particularly meaningful to me. Shortly after September 11, 2001, I felt the need to bundle up as much light and joy as I could into a performance. The way I did that was with a medley of Christmas tunes. I sat down one lunch period and just prayed to God and kind of asked God to show me the way. And I started playing, and I got about, I think I got 12 Christmas carols, all flowing one into the other. And I just wrote them down. I felt like I was taking dictation for God. And I was not able to actually play them all at that time. It took me about six weeks of practicing every day on those songs and the transitions before I really mastered it. The first time I performed it, it was, it was phenomenal. I knew it was going to be really good, but I prefaced the performance by saying that this was an experience that everyone in this room is going to remember for the rest of their lives. And then I came through. I made some music that stood up to that. Someone told me later, you levitated that entire room. Where was this you were performing for? This was in a, a Unitarian Church Fellowship Hall here in Tucson, Arizona. Is a Christmas medley like this, 12 songs in 12 minutes, is it the kind of thing that you can do year-round for just any group? Yeah, that one is pretty much out of the box. I've got that one in my heart. play it for you right now. Which songs did you choose to include in it, and why these particular songs? It starts with Yesu, Joy of Man's Desiring, which is a Bach piece. The medley starts with that song because people respect it. Uh, people have heard it before. They, they think, oh, if, if you can play this on a kalimba, you, know, that's, you can do some serious music. And that one flows into Oh Holy Night, which was just one of my favorite songs that my father used to play on, on the record player. And I think those those are very strong. I didn't want to have the whole medley because it's, presumably this isn't a Christmas show. But we know that Christmas is every day in the heart, so we could do that. We'll go up through at least those two songs, Yesu, Joy of Man's Desiring, and O Holy Night. And maybe we'll continue on a little bit into God Rest You Merry Gentlemen, the first three of the 12 songs 
in this collection on the Columba Christmas Collection by Mark Holdaway. Mark, that they're good enough to be played on any day of the year. I'll agree with you there. Can you play them to secular audiences as well? Do they capture the same beauty? Well, I played Jingle Bells for my kindergartners today. 
At 106 degrees, you're playing Jingle Bells? <laughs> Why not? That's some pretty beautiful stuff. Is this the kind of thing you can now go on tour with, or do you stay pretty close to home? I would love to tour, but I've got a 14-year-old son who uh, is counting on me to be family and to hold things together. I'm probably not going to do any major touring for another four years. I'd love to do that. By then, I'm hoping that someone else will take care of most of the day-to-day part of the kalimba business so I can go into the next phase of my, my career, I think. God bless you in whatever direction that takes you. Thanks so much, Mark, for sharing with us your Song of the Soul today. I'd like to go out with one more of your songs from the Christmas CD, Columbia Christmas. We're going to end with Silent Night. And, Mark, again, thank you for the joy and the beauty that you're bringing into the world. And thank you so much for turning to God to bring that beauty through your music. Well, thank you, Mark. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.
That delightful music was from Mark Holdaway, and this was part two of Mark's Song of the Soul. Remember that you can find out more about Mark and the Kalimba via Mark's website, kalimbamagic.com. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy, let in the light, it will heal you. And you can feel you, and sing out a Song of the Soul. And-